everyone, and welcome to episode 88 of our Baseball Weekly, the weekly podcast from the Baseball Subreddit. I'm Nime. This week, Lewis is going to speak to our baseball mod and Guardian superfan, Vidigis, about the upcoming Twins Guardian series. That's going to be a good interview. Uh, it's honestly barely even an interview. It's just two buds talking about their teams playing each other. So, uh, so it's going to be good. Uh, but first, I'm joined by Phil. We are the dreamiest team back again to cover dreamiest some of the other team. notable stories from the week. How's it going, Phil? Uh, it's going really well. Uh, how are you, Nine? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's, it's Labor Day weekend. I've got family in town, so I'm neglecting them to do the podcast. But it's good that we have an interview, which means I can neglect them for a much shorter period of time and then go back down and hang out with them. So, so. Absolutely. Uh, this weekend, uh, my wife took the kids to an adoption event here in Houston, and we brought ourselves home a new pupper. So oh. I've been going through the the routine of housebreaking a new dog. That's been uh, quite smelly, but very fun. Yeah. Uh, well, fantastic. We got uh, we got a great show uh, for you. I don't know why I said that. I, we have no idea. I have no idea how the show is going to be until we do it. It's just like that's what they say at the beginning of like a like a late night talk show. It's like we got a great show for we tonight. Got really, we got a really big show. <laughs> Big show, big show, big show, big show is coming. Um, uh, please don't sue us ESPN for calling ourselves the big show. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to tell you right now at the top of the show that Phil wrote the entire outline and told me not to read it. So strap in. <laughs> strap in. We're doing this. This is a nice, this is a nice fun experiment. I believe in Phil implicitly. I, I, I read nothing here. Um, however, this is one of my favorite stories of the baseball season as well. Australian musician Timmy Trumpets joined the Mets at home on September 1st to play a live rendition of uh, Edwin Diaz, the best closer in baseball's walk-up song, Narco. Uh flanked by Mr. and Mrs. Met playing trumpet alongside the musician. Uh, and yes, it is Edwin Diaz's song, so you can, you can suck it, William Contreras. Yes. Uh, I, I, I got a text message from my brother-in-law who said, uh, oh my God, you've got to see this. They've got Timmy Trumpet live at City Field playing Narco, and I tuned in to watch it. And I, I have to give it up to the broadcast team. Uh, was it SNNY that that, that SNNY, carries the Mets, yeah. yeah that carries the Mets games? They have been doing such a fantastic job uh, handling the, the Edwin Diaz's uh, entrance throughout the season, not dropping to a commercial break, but having the camera crew follow him from the bullpen out onto the field as he takes the mound with Narco pumping in the background. And look, I don't even like. I'm not a big Mets fan by any stretch of the imagination, but. Uh, this whole hype with uh with, with Sugar Diaz and and the Timmy Trumpet song is is turning me into a fan, and getting to watch uh Timmy Trumpet play that live was just unreal, and it was awesome for baseball, and that's the kind of thing if if Major League Baseball wants to grow the sport and get yeah. more people into it, and, well, and, and you, know, you know, like like uh, I think Bad Bunny, uh, who is a, a a person who I know very little about, but he was at the uh, the celebrity uh, softball game and, and all through All Star Weekend was doing a lot there, and that was like it was just fun. You know, it was, just, it was fun stuff for for a sport that has had, I think, trouble being fun in the past. Right, um, right. And so stuff like this is, is definitely great. And uh, I didn't watch this live, but I did watch a clip. I watched a clip on TikTok, actually, which was, you know, which hey, is honestly... That's great, though. That's great for the sport to be able to reach reach social media channels like TikTok, yeah. where, you know, old baseball heads don't exist. 
Right, exactly. Oh yeah, old baseball heads don't exist except for me. I'm not old, but I am I am like an old old baseball head, right? I was talking to a, a friend of mine who is like in his like 60s, I think, 60s or 70s. Um, we played trivia together and like we were both complaining about the exact same changes and like and like like he's fine with replay, I'm fine with replay. He hates the second base ghost runner rule, I hate the second base ghost runner rule, right? So we're, we're both talking about how what old heads in baseball we are, but MLB TikTok, if you don't follow Major League Baseball, if you're on TikTok and don't follow Major League Baseball on TikTok, you should follow Major League Baseball on TikTok. They they do a lot of fun TikToks, uh, and they did have this, have this really fun Timmy Trumpet TikTok. And it basically I, was just the broadcast, so. I'm pretty old to be on TikTok, uh, but I, I do, I don't put anything out there but i do i do watch it uh yes mlb's uh tiktok channel is a great one to follow uh joey vato's tiktok is joey vato's yeah insane fantastic (laughs) he's wild And the Homer and me, uh, Julia Morales, the the on-field reporter for the Houston Astros tiktok is very informative. Uh there's a lot of behind the scenes things about being a being a broadcaster and being a reporter on the field. Uh that's really interesting if you just want to learn about broadcasting in general or you know the behind the scenes day-to-day activity of a baseball team it's uh it's pretty cool i recommend yeah um yeah i i i yes i i think tiktok is great for all that stuff so i mean this this is this is now a plug for tiktok um also my tiktok i'm kuhan luke on tiktok check me out i talk about movies uh all right uh we're gonna move on tiktok also, TikTok, feel free to sponsor us. You know, you can sponsor us and uh, and uh, the soccer team that Ryan Reynolds and uh, Rob McElhenney own. Those will be your two main sponsor deals. Is uh... Uh, I'm going to have to follow you on TikTok now. I didn't know that you had a TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll follow you back. Um, all right, we're going to talk. We'll move on to uh, a White Sox story. White Sox Dylan Cease came within one out of a no-hitter on Saturday night, going hitless through eight and two-thirds innings for giving up a liner to right field to Luis Arias. Uh, they ended up winning 13 to nothing. Cease did go the full nine. He gave up the one hit, two walks, seven strikeouts. I was saying to Phil before the show that I was at a bar in downtown Chicago last night um, with some family. We were we were actually there's a there's a place that has ice cream tacos that we were getting. Um, and uh, taco taco lives on. I don't remember the name of the place. It's in my phone somewhere. It's a pizza place, actually, that happens to have ice cream tacos. So, yeah, it, it was Choco Taco-esque. Um, so, uh, um, but uh, they had, it was it was a bar. They had tons of TVs, and not a single one was playing the Cubs, who were playing the Cardinals, uh, their chief rival. And not a single one had the White Sox game in the middle of a no-hitter. Uh, they were all playing college football, which was, uh, you know, as a, as a person who does not care for football very much myself, uh, disappointing. As a person who cares a lot about baseball, was very disappointing. And it was a no hitter, like and, and like so. I, could, I think I could pull. I mean, I think because it was a no hitter, yeah, I could have pulled it up on my phone. Um, I didn't end up doing that just because I was like I was sitting around with my family. But if they had it on a on a TV at the bar, I could have been looking at it. You know, it's a whole different situation sitting there looking at your phone versus just taking a glance at the TV at the bar. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I the, was actually watching the uh the 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 excellent pitchers duel between uh Luis Garcia and Shohei Otani last night and I had the no hitter up on my phone watching it and yeah. I don't even care about either of those teams but you know No, it's no hitter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, no for sure. Um 
But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's it it was it's a good game overall. One hits, one hit. But uh, eight like the the team won thirteen nothing. You know, seven strikeouts from the starter, a full a complete game shutout, which is you know these days just as rare as a no hitter. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, they're, they're in fact last year with the crazy no hitters. I wouldn't have been shocked if there were more no hitters than complete game shutouts. I don't think there were. But uh, but I feel like it was a pretty close number. Well, considering how how poorly this season started offensively, I I would have suspected there would have been more 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 opportunities for no hitters uh, throughout this season. But yeah, yeah, there seemed to be a lot more last year. There were there were that there were a ton in that first half of last year. Like we couldn't stop right. talking about it on the podcast because it just kept happening. Like it was like a weekly segment. And now and now uh, Joe Musgrove hit it through a no hitter. And now there was a combined no hitter thrown by was it the Astros or was it against the Astros? Anyway, uh, um, uh, Christian Christian Vasquez and uh, combined no hitter against the Yankees. The first time the Yankees were no hit twice right. in their own stadium. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, so you have anyway. Almost, almost had that no hitter. Didn't have that no hitter this year with from Dylan Cease, but uh, he'll have many opportunities, I'm sure, in the yeah, future. Yeah, I, I will say as an aside, and this this was actually brought up as an uh, as a point on uh, the, the the baseball subreddit that a lot of props to Dylan Cease. Uh, Luis Arias uh, consequently has the highest batting average in the American League. I think he's hitting what three forty two. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's been a really really good season, you know, right. Like, it's it's one of those I think I think people were 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 um I don't know if they were joking or or legitimately saying that he should have walked Arias, which would right. you know like inten- an intentional walk is kind of a uh, uh, when you're up thirteen not, to nothing in the bottom or yeah up yeah and, and like like, like it's, it's kind of it's kind of a a, a uh, an easy man's way to preserve a no hitter you know right. Bitch, I'm glad but, they didn't. I, I'm glad they didn't go that route. And, and props to to Dylan Cease for trying to strike out the best best hitter in the American League, uh, batting average wise. And I mean, it was roped. It was the, roped. The right likely right batting field. title uh, winner this year. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, and Dylan right, we're gonna... Mustache, you know, is kind of cool. <laughs> I like I like the White Sox. It's a it's a it's a bummer of a year they're having, but uh, but I like the as as a a uh, Cardinals fan in Chicago, uh, it's a lot easier for me to support the White Sox and be like, yeah, they they can be my AL team. Um, so uh, I, I I have I have love for the White Sox. It's a it's a it's a bummer of a season they're having, but I hope I hope they uh, they turn it around uh, next year. Hey, nobody's um, perfect. MLB states that, uh, speaking of nobody's perfect, MLB stated that beloved umpire Angel Hernandez lost out on working the 2018 World Series because of his, quote, three overturned calls during the ALDS. They issued the following statement. Hernandez has not presented, and the record does not contain a scintilla of evidence that MLB's actions were based on his race or national origin. Um, Quite the $5 word there, MLB press team. Scintilla is, a, scintilla is a great word. It is, uh, it also, I'm sure, is their press team combined with their legal team, <laughs> which is probably where some of that came from. He was playing um, Scrabble this week. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, uh, too long for the wordle, unfortunately. Um, this this is honestly the wildest lawsuit to bring for somebody like Angel. Like, I, we've, I know we've been talking about this lawsuit for years now, but for someone like Angel Hernandez, who is famously one of the worst umpires in Major League Baseball, to be like, I didn't get the World Series because of racism is like, okay, buddy. Okay. Do you, listen. Do you think 
do you think MLB's legal team just pulls up umpire scorecards and points to it and says exhibit A? <laughs> Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we know we know that there is some sort of internal review system. Um, you know, what does that internal review system actually do besides prevent Angel Hernandez from getting the World Series? I I don't know. But we know I mean, there's a system. We've we know it exists. About this on an episode before. The, yeah. The review system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we know it exists. Um, so I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of that of like, you know, and there might even be some of that behind closed doors as part of the lawsuit thing of like, hey, here is our internal review system for umpires and here is the lowest scores. And look, there's Angel Hernandez. So maybe it was a performance based thing. Do you, do you think it was like, here's the top umpire. Here's the next 10. Here's 5,000 feet of crap. And then here's Angel Hernandez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. How, how tall are you, Angel? Oh, I really, I didn't know them, they uh, piled crap that high. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Angel Enrico Palazzo Hernandez. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. There's really not much to say. But I'm, I'm sure once we get, like, actual word about something like this, we'll, we'll know. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, this, it's, it's this lawsuit that just keeps coming back as, like, this, this is seems like he, the easiest in, thing to prove is performance based, right? He's in like the it's phase. He he initially law the 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 judge ruled in favor of uh, Major League Baseball early. I believe it was earlier this year, and this is him going through with the appeal against that decision. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, that's that. Uh, let's talk <laughs> about something Hernandez that we like talks. to see. <laughs> Angel Hernandez does suck. You know who doesn't suck is uh, Albert Pujols, 700 watch. Uh, Sunday afternoon, Albert Pitch hit a two-run home run against the Cubs, which was his final at-bat against the Cubs for his career, uh, for home run number 695. So he's one shy of A-Rod. A-Rod at 696. At this point in time, this seems like a given now, right? He's got to pass A-Rod. Two home runs to go, and he's got basically a month to do it. Yeah, if I think I think I read that he has 27 games to hit five home runs to get to 500. So, yeah, uh, at the pace he's hitting right now. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, 700 Uh, at the pace he's hitting right now. uh, He's absolutely going to pass Alex Rodriguez. The question is, is, can he get to 700? Can he get to 700 is definitely the question, uh, you know, that and that's the question we've been asking for basically the whole year. And uh, and the question became much more of a of a. Oh, it might happen uh, at some at, at a point this year, but um, you know, we uh, I I think again we, we talked about this a bit last week, and I know they're talking about it the week before. I think it's going to happen, and uh, and I'm excited to continue watching it. I mean, I agree. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I I would love to see it happen. I've been, but also uh, for what it's worth, that two run home run was the only runs scored in that game against the Cubs for the Cardinals uh, in Aberpool's last game against the Cubs. Uh, in like it's, it's so cool. <laughs> so uh, cool. More, more importantly, I'm, I'm a how little... can you not be romantic about baseball? You know, <laughs> right. More, uh, I'm 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 quite sad because I actually picked up Al- Albert Pujols in the uh, in a, the R Baseball Mod Fantasy Baseball League and uh, left him on the bench because he didn't start today when he hit the home run. But it's not going to matter because I'm still going to beat Lewis this week. <laughs> oh uh, well, I know Lewis is going to hear that, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Lewis has the best record in the league, and it's not close. So I'm sure Lewis doesn't care, but uh, he, he still lost. Hey, the take league. the W's where you can get him, you know. Just like uh, just like uh, Patrick Corbin, you take him where you get him. 
Yeah. Uh, all right, Padres pitcher Yu Darvish, uh, another another uh, record watch here. Padres pitcher Yu Darvish joins Japanese Dodgers and Red Sox legend Hideo Nomo with 3,000 strikeouts across Major League Baseball and NPB. Um, great for Darvish. Good, good for you. Huh? <laughs> well played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, always have liked you, Darvish, uh, except for a couple of years in the middle there, uh, where he played for the Cubs. But uh, have always, have always liked you, Darvish. He's a, he's a fun player, and he's, you know, he's only thirty-five. What does he have in, in major league strikeouts? You know, I, I, I think we're, uh, I think we're pretty similar. Uh, I have always, I've always kind of liked you, Darvish, except for those couple of years that he. You know, played for that team from California. <laughs> uh, well, he, uh, you mean now? No, no, the other one. That was that was uh, nine starts. He had nine starts for the Dodgers. Yeah, all nine of those games. All nine of those games. Yeah, uh, yeah, three years for the Cubs. Uh, you know, it's it is it is kind of a bummer that he's been injured a lot. He's thirty five. When I like when I say young, I mean young for like a guy who's who's starting to do record stuff. Um. He didn't, but he didn't have a whole lot of time in the NPB. He was 25 when he came over to the majors. He's been playing so he's pretty in, young in the NPB for quite a while, right? Yeah, 2012 uh, uh, was when he came over to Texas, um, and uh, he—I guess he—he he had a bunch in NPB um, and uh, and quite a few less in Major League Baseball. That's 753 in Major League Baseball, not less in Major League Baseball, obviously, but he's spent more time in Major League Baseball than he spent in NPB. Right. Um, you know, I think uh, I think 2000 or, or is is probably a a certainty for a guy like him who who gets 200 strikeouts a year as long as he's not injured. Um, and uh, and you know, even last year he pitched 166 innings and had 199 strikeouts. So uh, I think 2000 is is probably a a, a certainty. Uh, and uh, and maybe even like twenty five hundred, but uh, but you know three thousand across major leagues and and NPB, uh, uh, Nippon Professional Baseball, and you know and and he's a he is listen I, I okay here's the question that I'm trying to lead to is does you Darvish seem like a Hall of Famer like because you, you ha- I feel like you have to consider NPB stats right because of just the guy he has the player he is right. Right. Uh, I mean, at this point in his career, and and let's be honest, I'm I'm sure he has a couple of more years left in him. Yeah, that's the thing. He's, you kind of have to project out that he's got a couple more years left, and also add in the fact that he has NPB stats right. that aren't considered on his Baseball Reference page. You can you can read them obviously, but they're not I, on his main page. I think at this point is in his career, he's obviously for the a lock for the Hall of Very Good. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah. I think how the next couple of years, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't have an issue with you Darvish making it into the hall of fame based on his career. Uh, yeah. but I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a little bit more forgiving. I, I still think Lou Whitaker does, deserves the bolt to be in the baseball hall of fame, but, um, that, that is what it is. Uh, you know, I think, I think Darvish definitely did have those, like a couple of injured years, uh, uh, with the Cubs and that, and that Tommy John year as well right. in 2015. So like, he kind of, he kind of misses out on some of that. Um, obviously like, like we said, he's got probably got a couple more years in the tank. Uh, you know, he had a not very good year last year with the Padres, but is having a good year again this year. Um, so like, yeah, with a couple more years in the tank, maybe, you know, potentially a, I think another uh, good, another really good year i think solidifies his case and he he could he could definitely be in the conversation of being in the hall of fame yeah 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 i think so too i guess we'll 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 keep an eye on that you know who knows but uh 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 
I, again, I think I think he's he's one of those guys who might end up being like an edge case who gets the bump of like well he's got these Japanese league stats that we that we're not considering that was right. not during his prime but he was so dominant in NPB uh in, in his early twenties that it's it kind of like especially because the Hall of Fame is a baseball Hall of Fame not a major league Hall of Fame right you kind right. of have to consider you know. No, the Japanese league is not at the level of Major League Baseball, but five straight years of a sub two ERA in Japan kind of has to mean something. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it know? is the Baseball Hall of Fame, not the Major exactly. League Baseball. Exactly. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, hey, a couple more pitchers. Uh, not as nice of news. Um, Guardians Stark, pitcher Zach. So good. <laughs> yeah, there's the, we're back to the to the Mr. Stark. I don't feel so good segment here on the podcast. Uh, uh, in fact, we're going to talk about the Guardians and Twins. Uh, Lewis and Deej are going to talk about that. Deej, by the way, I didn't mention, hasn't been on the podcast in a while. He, he used to be on all the time. Deej, I used to talk a bunch. Miss you, Deej. I'm glad you're back on the show. He's, um, he's, he's been too busy bowling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Deejus. Um the uh, uh, Guardians pitcher Zach Plesak is headed to the IL after he broke his hand, punching the mound in frustration after giving up a home run to Mariners Jake Lamb in his last start, which is, I mean, of all the ways to go on the IL for punching something, you know, we had Devin Williams last year punching a wall out of excitement. That's pretty bad. But yeah. punching the mound, like on an on-field injury that you did to yourself is potentially the worst the worst. It's I, the worst. Like I, an off-field injury you did to yourself is one thing. An on-field injury you did to yourself—that's a nightmare. I, I I read I read this story earlier, and it reminded me of the there was a I can't remember which country he played for, but uh, it was like 1993. I want to say it was uh, either Slovakia or Greece or something at the time. The basketball player who uh, headbutted the the goalpost in frustration and paralyzed himself. This, oh, was, yeah, this, yeah, was a, yeah. this is a bit reminiscent of that. Yeah. Just absolutely stupid moves leading to terrible injury. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, here's hoping police that gets better. Uh, speaking of the Guardians and Twins, Twins pitchers Tyler Maley and Sonny Gray both also hit by the injury bug. Maley is on the 15-day IL due to right shoulder inflammation, and Gray is has like a hamstring thing going on. Uh, before his, uh, it's got to be a test before he's got a schedule start on Wednesday against the Yankees, his former team. Um, they talk a little bit about Maley and Gray's injuries in the interview, but they didn't like. We learned a little bit more since then. So, yeah, it's it's been a rough week pitcher wise for uh, for both the Guardians and the Twins. I, I didn't, I, I forgot to mention this in the in the outline, but in addition to losing Plezak, uh, the Guardians also lost Aaron Savali. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's a. Whew. Both of those teams yeah, yeah. Uh, on the on the verge of uh, on the verge of playoff runs. Uh, it's going to be a little dicey. Exactly, and that's why it's such a big series coming up. Is is you know these these two teams that are they're a game apart, uh, and only only a little bit ahead of the White Sox, right? We I, we've talked all season about how rough the White Sox season has been, but even with that, because of kind of how rough the uh, <laughs> the AL Central 
sort of always is a uh, a 67 and 66 record is two games back of the division. Uh, the Twins are 67, 64, one game back, and the Guardians are leading with a 68, 63 record. So it's very, very tight there at the top. And if they those two teams kind of beat up on each other a little bit uh, and the White Sox have a good weekend, they very well could be in a playoff spot at the end of the weekend. Yeah, it's going to so. be a really, really tight race going into the home stretch in the Central. Yeah, they are playing the Mariners, however, and the Mariners are good. But then they have a four-game set against Oakland and a two-game set against Colorado. So they have six straight games against very bad teams uh, uh, after her three I'll, games I'll against you know uh, pretty Oakland good teams. It's quite a good baseball team when they play Houston. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, despite the fact that they have almost opposite records. Yes. The Astros are 85 and 48, and the A's are 40, uh, 49 and 85. They have one more win than the Astros have losses. Yes. <laughs> Uh, shout out so. to Oakland A's rants on Twitter, by the way. If uh, you're a baseball Twitter person, uh, go follow Oakland Twitter or Oakland A's rants because they're fantastic. Yeah. Um, Andrew. Uh, say it, nine. Say it. <laughs> Andrew Chicken Tendy of the New York Yankees suffered a broken handmate bone will require surgery. He's hopeful to return in time for the playoffs. Andrew Benintendo, 64, uh, had a, you know, he he's, listen, the, the Yankees have not had a strong go of it since the All-Star break. Uh, uh, the, the very good, the, 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 the not good, very bad, very rotten second half of the season. The, yeah, the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad second that's, half of the season. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah, I know. I I I, call, I I I understood what reference you were trying to make, and it's a very, very confusing title. Listen, I'm great at full movie titles. Uh, Borat, Cultural Learnings of America, Forming Benefit, Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. What was, uh, what was the second one? What? What's the second Borat? Uh, Borat, Borat, uh, subsequent movie film. It was just subsequent movie film. Okay. Subsequent. It's much shorter. I know. Uh, Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. I'm. I don't know why this all rattles around my... It's this and baseball stats rattling around in my brain for no reason. Um, and even the baseball stats I'm not great at. I'm, I'm, I'm okay at, like, deep-cut players. But f but full titles of movies that are known by shorter titles? Doctor Strange, Love of High, Learn to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. That's, a, that's an obvious one. Everyone knows that one. That's a great um, movie. Anyway, the Yankees, the Yankees are at 79 and 54 on the season uh, after c getting to a rocketing start um, and, you know, losing, losing a guy that they traded for at the deadline. Not necessarily what you want to do, but uh, they are they are going to be either the last or second last or not okay, excluding the central division then and uh, excluding the AL central the Yankees are 79 and 54 which makes them the third worst um playoff team i think uh they consequently oh no, have so, the worst record in baseball since the all-star break it's truly astounding like and the Orioles i believe like we said last week had the best record for at least for i don't know if they still do but they did for for a good time yeah yeah it was pretty close um the, the the Yankees have a better record than the Rays and the Mariners in the uh, AL and obviously the Guardians and then a better record than the Cardinals um, and a better record than the Padres, but a worse record than the Braves. And they're only ahead of the Cardinals by a game. Um, and I think I don't know uh, what the if because I know the Cardinals won today. I don't know if the Yankees won today or uh, not. They, they did. They avoided the sweep against the Rays. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, Tampa, so there's still a, yeah, a game Tampa ahead of the Cardinals for now. Games of of the of yeah. the AL East, and at the rate that the rate the Yankees have been playing, it's not a. So, they, so they did get their 80th win today, by the way. Yes. Yeah, so, 
but it's after being the, the first team to 50 by a wide margin and being the fifth team to 80 yeah. is, uh, is not really where, where you want to be. Um, but, you know, they might limp their way into the playoffs and, uh, and, you know, we'll see. But they also very well could, uh, could play their way out of the playoffs here in this last month with, uh, with, you know, obviously the Rays, the Blue Jays and the Orioles playing quite well. There's a non-zero chance that the Rays, Blue Jays and Orioles are all playoff teams and the Mariners and the Yankees are not. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there is a non-zero chance. I will say that. I think there's, I think, like, I think there's like a not bad chance, you know. I mean, they are nine games ahead of the Orioles, so like, there's, it's not like a high, high chance. They're still better but, than a ninety nine point nine percent chance of making the playoffs. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure, for the, sure. The the next the next week or two, I think, is really going to shake up that that playoff percentage chance maker. So we'll we'll see how the Yankees do. Uh, their upcoming yeah. what's the Yankees' upcoming schedule? They have. Uh, they've got um, they've got the Twins, uh, and then they have Tampa Bay again. Mm-hmm. Then Boston, Milwaukee, Milwaukee Pittsburgh, Boston, and um, Toronto. They and don't have an easy schedule ahead of them. Yeah, I mean they've they've got you know they've got six games against Boston and two games against Pittsburgh. But the rest of these teams are teams that are certainly playing for playoff hopes at the very least. And I wouldn't even like the dis- Twins. The Yankees are probably maybe better than the Twins, but the Twins are definitely like playing. They they need to win. The Rays, at least right now, look better than the Yankees. The Brewers also need to play their win, play their way into a playoff spot. They're currently out of a playoff spot by a few games, so they're a team that that is you know hungry. The Red Sox and the Pirates obviously are bad, but then the Blue Jays. And then, you know, I think they close out the season against the Orioles, who by that point in, you know, in about a month could very well be playing for a playoff spot as well. So I wouldn't discount the games against the Red Sox, uh, no matter how bad they are. That's true. That's uh, true. Historic rivals like that usually play each other pretty hard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. As a, Again, as a Cardinals fan, the Cubs very much bring, the, bring their best against the Cardinals right. for the most part. This past weekend, we swept them, but, you know, that'll happen too. Um, cool. We got an oblique strain as well that landed Philly slugger Nick Castellanos on the 10 day IL. So that'll make it a four zero ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting this headset on again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox, um, et cetera. I, and I, whatnot. Just, I, okay, just, cool. I had to sneak it in there. Had to. No, listen, listen. I thought Ender Chicken Tendy was the thing you snuck in there, but it turned out to be <laughs> to be the four zero ball game. Yeah. You know, Castellanos on the 10 day IL. I mean, sure. He'll. I'm sure he'll be back. It's. It's a strain. The the Phillies are in that third wild card spot. Uh, that the the Mar- uh, not the Mariners. The Brewers are chasing. Um. So I will say that. that do, I, do you remember when we were doing the? It was before the season started, and we were doing our our uh, regular season projections. And I think I had said that the. Uh, the the Phillies were going to turn into one of the, the one of the 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 best offensive five hundred teams in baseball, where yeah yeah, yeah they're going to, right, they yeah. were either going to win or lose a lot of games like eleven to ten or twelve to seven. Right. They've actually uh, been quite surprising in how better yeah, and they and they have been. actually a pretty a pretty soft ish September. Again, they have six against the Marlins, three against the Nationals. They obviously they also have seven against uh, the Braves, um, who 
you know, but again, a Braves team, a Braves, team. I mean, a Braves team, a Braves team who is very tight with the Mets right now. So even, you know, even though they are probably got a playoff spot, they still, they still want to clinch the division. So that, that'll be tough Two against the blue Jays. That'll also be tough. And then three against the Cubs and they close out against the nationals again. So won't be tough. they've got a pretty light workload aside from that, uh, that two weeks in the middle there against the, uh, it's like, yeah, it's, it's basically, two weeks against straight up the Braves, Braves, Blue Jays, and then Braves again. So yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Other than that, it's a pretty cakewalk schedule. That, that stretch will be a little rough, but yeah, but other than that, it's, it, you know, they just swept the the giants. I think, I think the Phillies have a pretty good lock in for a playoff spot. And, uh, and you know, the, the Padres. we probably should have like a full, like, September playoff picture thing next week that <laughs> we didn't do. Oh, um, we we're, we're, we're right here. We're right in the home stretch. Now um, the Padres have a, a bit of a tougher. They have six against the Dodgers, three against the Cardinals. Um, and then they also have two against the Mariners. And then they also have seven against the Diamondbacks, three against the Rockies. And they close against the White Sox. So the, the Padres have a bit of a tougher schedule than the Phillies. So that could affect which team is second, which team is third. And again, if the, the Brewers, you know, can sneak in there and, and potentially take that third spot as well. It's very possible that the Padres don't make the playoffs this year. Which is astounding. I mean, you know, we, we have said that a couple of years in a row. That's astounding that the Padres have... Uh, have struggled a little bit, so it might happen again. It might not, you know, but uh, but it might happen again. It's possible. Yeah, you know, if they didn't come down with a case of ringworm, it might be a different story. Yeah. Uh, the Dodgers, uh, who have also been one of the best teams in baseball since uh, the stretch or since since the the All Star break, um, they lost David Price for uh, to the fifteen day IL with a wrist inflammation. Uh, I don't think they're that worried about that one though. No, he he's kind of a mop up pitcher, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Talking about talking about schedules, they have uh, they have nine against the Padres this month, including this past weekend that they just played the Padres. Uh, they have the Sunday night baseball game has not yet concluded, so we don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if there was rain or something because it started at four. They also have the um, largest gap from their the next closest team in their division oh. in baseball. <laughs> Sorry, it was it's four Pacific time, so six o'clock my time. So it's it's yeah they're in the middle of that game right now, uh, and it is yeah they obviously, obviously got they got they got a big gap, but yeah they are what's the score? It's five, it's five score. one in the top of the sixth. Five one on the top of the sixth. Okay, oh, um, but yeah, so they they have they have nine against the Padres, but they have six against the Giants, which again rivals the Giants could very well bring it, but. Um, and then seven against the Diamondbacks, and then three against the Cardinals. So they have they're playing. Except for on the first where they played the Mets, they're playing a total of four teams this month. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very uh, uh, NL West packed schedule for the Dodgers. So, and then, and, and yes, they have a a very wide margin. It's tr- it's almost impossible for the Dodgers to not win the NL West at this point. It's not completely impossible, but it's almost impossible. Yeah. What's their magic number at this point? Uh, <laughs> it's got to be like seven. It's, I think it's in the teens. Uh, ours is, uh, and this was before yesterday's game. I think our magic number to our, our magic number to clinch the division was like twenty twenty two. Oh, there's a you know there's actually a website for that. Yeah, uh, playoffmagic.com. That's what it is, right? I'm, I was trying to find the the. The website is is while you were talking. Um, 
let's see with uh before before the conclusion of today's game the astros magic number is 19 for the division 17 for the wild card 14 for a buy into the alds and 23 for home field advantage in the alcs the dodgers magic number uh, appears to be 12 for the uh nl west and 22 to clinch the best record because the uh, against the mets but uh, yeah, it appears to be twelve. So the gap in the National League uh, between top teams is a little slimmer than it is in the American League. Ma'am. Um. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's what we've got for the news. Um. I. Uh, I. I am almost certain we'll have a segment next week talking about. Uh. You know looking looking ahead to to the the playoff picture and where we think it's going to to shake out by the end of the season uh and when i say almost certain i mean there's a, there's a, like there's there's i'm going to send the message right now in our discord channel <laughs> and 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 listen there's as usual a good chance that i will be on the episode anyway so um the right, uh, uh, until then though be the dreamiest team again it might be the dreamiest team again. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, uh, or it might be me and Dylan uh, back from, you know, it's, it's been like six weeks since it's been me and Dylan after like seven weeks straight of me and Dylan. So yeah. it, We'll see. The, the funny thing um, is, is you got, it was you and Dylan during the prime time of baseball uh, this season versus uh, the seven, the seven week stretch you and I had uh, when there was absolutely nothing happening. When there was no baseball. No was, baseball. Yeah. Literally, literally no baseball. Like it was, it was off season in a lockout. Truly, truly the worst time to be doing a baseball podcast if I hadn't been doing it with you, Phil. Oh, oh uh, the feeling is mutual, Dime. Feeling is mutual. Um, all right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for our intro here. We're going to kick it now to Lewis and Deej talking about the Guardians and the Twins. So stay tuned for that. Well, welcome back, everybody. Lewis here, and I am excited to be joined by our wonderful Guardians expert, Deej, for this wonderful preview. It is September, so we're kicking off our home stretch series previews here like we did last year highlighting some of the most important and playoff potential uh, series each week as we finish out the season here and this week we are looking at twins guardians got a three-game set coming up this week next weekend here so something exciting to be watching for Deej how are you doing today good how are you uh, you know, it is a Saturday, and I am ahead in my master's classes for once, and uh, the kids are about to head back to school, so my work-from-home office is going to feel, again, like a wonderful by-myself work-from-home office. I can start watching Seinfeld at lunch again, because the kids Ooh. aren't going to be downstairs uh, trying to hog the TV after lunch, so I'm, nice. I'm pretty excited. Uh, I mean, yeah. I love my kids. But I work all day during when they'd be at school anyways. So it's not like I'm losing any interaction time with them when they go back. So pretty excited about that. (laughs) All the Costanza you can handle. That's right. That's right. (laughs) I just, 
I was they they were uh, out of town. I was just able to watch the episode where George tries to get fired from the Yankees to become the Ooh. Mets scouting director. That's Ooh. always a. I, I love the later seasons when like it's half a baseball show at times. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Enough enough Seinfeld. We've got some baseball that is happening now to talk about. We've got some exciting stuff. We are recording Saturday before the games, so as of right now. Twins are one game behind the Guardians in the standings. That could obviously change by the end of the weekend here. But no matter what, when you're listening to this Monday morning, uh, a sweep by either team completely changes the uh, tenor of what the rest of the division is going to look like. We do have one more five-game series another week from now coming up. There are some other matchups we wanted to highlight next week, though. And uh, that kind of is the eight games that I think will ultimately decide the division. Because when you look at it, um, even if the, you know, the twins come into the series three games back, those eight games are going to probably matter more than the proxy wars that uh, we're going to get facing the Royals and White Sox to finish the season here. So I guess looking ahead, we do have another couple series in between going to start this series on friday over the weekend who do the guardians have lined up to pitch for this series uh unfortunately for you uh it's it's the big three it's gonna oh, uh, i have it as i have his quantrill mckenzie bieber uh lined up for that three game series versus the twins and, and who are the twins uh putting out so uh, I just figured it out. And unfortunately, you guys are dodging both Molly and Gray, which who are both pitched uh, well against us earlier. Yes, who yeah. are both both the ones that we would love to have going up against you guys in any major series. So instead, um, we're going to be lining up. We've got Joe Ryan lined up to pitch mm-hmm. one of the games, probably the third game, actually. Um, and he, he came out hot out of the gate. He was a, a really great story for the first few months of the season. And then he got COVID in June. And mm. since he had COVID, he, he's really regressed, hasn't really been the same since. Um, I don't know. It, it could just be, you know, rookie regression. That sort of thing mm-hmm. you expect. The league's figured him out. But it's more fun to blame COVID because rookie regression isn't something we can complain about and say, oh, if only it wasn't for rookie regression, we can say, oh, stupid COVID ruined the whole season. <laughs> so uh, we're going to stick with that narrative that right. he's got, he must have some long COVID symptoms that are really holding him back. That explains um, everything. Explains everything. Then we've got Chris Archer, who uh, will probably start one of the games. He is, I mean, he's, he's been fine. Uh, usually he's only going about four innings and then he gets a piggyback uh, from whichever quad a pitcher is freshest. Unfortunately, I can't tell you right now who that would likely be because like I said, we've got these two games against the white Sox to finish out. And then we've got a four game series against the Yankees in New York. So um, who knows which quad a arm is going to end up getting thrown to the wolves during that Yankees series, which I, I fully expect to not win because that's just how I don't get it. I don't get mm-hmm. it, Deej. 
there's like a it's like cursed by an evil wizard or something it's like there's there's no reason like there's no reason for this particular team outside of the yankees division we only play twice a year uh two series a year there's no reason that this should be this ridiculously skewed series and uh to say nothing of the the playoff outcomes the last uh, two decades i don't get it it's like the only thing in sports that makes me think there must be is there a curse there's no way there's no way there's Um, something supernatural I, i don't know what it is i know they they talked with the uh the you know early in the in the aughts i mean joe mauer admitted you know sometimes the the team did get uh it the streak happened where they lose so much and it kind of got in their heads but i mean we've flipped the roster so much since then we've mm. got guys that will you know have experience playing at yankee stadium we'll, we'll talk about the offense in a little bit um but I mean, hopefully there's going to be some sort of change. Yankees have been stumbling, um, but too many Yankees fans have come to me. No, this is the year you're going to you're going to get biased this year. This is the year it turns around and all that karma comes back. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> all your stupid. This is the year is just going to fuel you guys to a four game sweep and it's going to be terrible. And I hate it. Yeah. Um, Anyways, so Ar- Archer, back to the rotation. Chris Archer. Chris Archer, Chris yeah. Archer um, he's usually solid. He, he doesn't have that many, you know, blow-ups. He'll give up uh, a couple runs in those first four innings and hand it off to the piggyback starter. Um, and that's just, he's got, he's had a lot of injuries. Um, he's just at the point in his career where he's good enough that he's not going to be relegated to the bullpen. He can give you four solid innings but he, he's not going to go too deep into games. And similarly, um, Dylan Bundy, who has been either, you know, Sillin Youngdi uh, or easy batting practice. He, he's a very boomer bust pitcher. So we'll see yeah. who shows up against the Guardians. Um, but really, you guys are dodging the, the two arms that I think could keep us uh, are, are more likely to keep us into games um, and and really set us up for success. So we'll see how that goes. Obviously, when we play in the five game series, we're going to see the full rotation stacking up against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so you mentioned you've got the top three. How have they been performing recently coming into this this uh, series? So uh, uh, Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill, uh, they've all been great lately. I'm looking at their stats since august 1st um six starts for each of them uh bieber and quantrill have eras in the low twos uh tristan's at 3.03 uh all their peripherals look good they've been they've been really sharp uh they've been going six seven innings uh few if any nightmare starts um uh this is it's a very strong uh one two three for sure and what about so they go through six seven innings that probably keeps the bullpen pretty rested. How is it when we look at when they hand it off to the bullpen? I know um, with we we played Boston recently, and even when the Boston starters were fine, it was generally as fans you go into it like, well, just get to the sixth. We'll get get the starter out, and then yeah, we can score runs off the bullpen and take the game. Um, yeah. what, what's that going to look like for you guys? Well, uh, if uh, their numbers since August 1st are any indication, that's not going to happen. Uh, oh, man. So uh, Karen Shack and Sandlin both have zero ERAs since then. 
Pentius and Classe are both uh, sub one, and then uh, Trevor Stefan are setup guys one point six four. So like our our uh, our and uh, Eniel De Los Santos kind of the, the forgotten guy one point seven four ERA. So uh, our our top six bullpen guys uh, they they've been sharp lately. Um, so pitching's been good. Uh, the uh, now it really hurt that we had to put Zach Plesac and Aaron Savali on the DL though. Like plesac has been rough. Uh, like one loss record's dumb, but he's like three and eleven or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he went on the DL because he he punched the ground after giving up a homer and broke his got a boxer's fracture in his his hand or something. Uh, so that's just like uh, shades of Trevor Bauer yeah. gashing yeah. his hand in the in the the 2016 ALCS. It's like, <clears throat> dude, what 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 on earth are you doing? Why are you destroying your pitching hand now? So uh, hard to see Plesac, uh coming back to the team after this between his. Uh, yeah, his COVID incident a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Like this, it's like, what, what are you doing, dude? Which yeah. is too bad because he's he's got very tantalizing talent. I think uh, in the right situation, he can be a very good pitcher. Uh, but he just couldn't quite put it put it together here in Cleveland. Do you, and then, do you think he's one of those guys that um, some analytics team like the Astros is going to just scoop him up and turn him into a much better pitcher because they have found something that just wasn't clicking in cleveland or yeah. do you think he's probably just going to be you know maybe he'll get to league average with a change of scenery yeah i i, I definitely think he's got an upside to be a, a number two type uh okay. and yeah if he, if he can hook up with the right pitching coach and figure out what what his deal is uh and he's also an unbelievably good uh, defensive pitcher which uh he's he's he makes some amazing plays and he's just in the right place so he's he's a good guy to have around but uh yeah he just has to get his head straight and then uh, Aaron Savali had uh, been pitching pretty well since coming off the IL. He had a 3.43 ERA uh, over his last four starts since then. But uh, he's just kind of been injury prone for a while. I was I was pretty high on him for a while. He seemed like uh, just kind of a uh, like uh, I don't want to say Greg Maddox because he's not Greg Maddox, but kind of that like he doesn't throw that hard, but he's just got really good command and good control type. Just kind of won't walk a lot of guys uh, and can kind of be a, a very solid inning eater type. Uh, but losing him is rough because we don't have very good rotational depth. So my guess is uh, Xavier Curry is going to kind of be the number four, and then bullpen games, maybe Kirk McCarty, maybe Connor Pilkington. I'm not really sure what, what the plan is for the fifth starter. Hopefully one of those guys can come back uh, before the season ends, but uh feel all right with the one, two, three, and then hopefully Curry or McCarty can – kind of be all right and then i don't know just time off days strategically but we'll see well the the nice thing for you guys is since your starters do generally go later into the games that that saves the bullpen so that a bullpen game isn't doesn't feel quite as crippling right Um, for for the twins the the meme on the twin subreddit is that rocco has a short hook he he generally doesn't let Mm -hmm. pitchers face the heart of the lineup a third time uh, five innings mm-hmm. is usually the max that most people go and then hand it off to the bullpen, which at the beginning of the season lost us a lot, of, mm-hmm. a lot of games. Um, mm-hmm. they, things have picked up uh, a bit since, you know, we picked up Lopez and Fulmer at the deadline. They, they started off shaky, but uh, lately really you, you look at it. Griffin Jacks has been really good. Duran has just been phenomenal. 
103 with movement. I don't know how anyone hits anything from him. He's just been lights out. And um, Rocco's really been using him as uh, not quite your Andrew Miller type, because he's not coming in mid-inning to to do things and be the fireman, but he's definitely been placed in whatever inning, you know, the three, four, five hitters are lined up, or the two, Mm -hmm. three, four. He's not been relegated to a closer role. Um, So really, it's been Jack, Strand, and then Fulmer and Lopez have, have kind of filled out the the back end of the the bullpen there to to finish out games and and they've been good um you know give up a run here or there but uh it's not like the beginning of the season where i felt like we needed a four-run lead to be comfortable to close out the last few innings so so that's definitely improved So, so switching gears from pitching what has the guardians offense looked like and what can we expect coming into this series to be watching for on the, the offensive side of the ball. So nothing too surprising, you know, Jose Ramirez, Andres uh, Jimenez and Steven Kwan have all been great. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, Josh Naylor have been good. Oscar Gonzalez, the rookie right fielder has been very good for a rookie. Uh, We're expecting him to be a little more of a power hitter. He's only got a, uh, a, I don't have his full season stats right here, but uh, I think he's got like six or seven homers or something uh, playing about, half the season so far, but uh, I think the power will come. He's a big, strong guy and he had a lot of power in the minors. Um, yeah. The seven, eight, nine is pretty weak. We've been throwing up guys like Austin hedges. Who's about as bad a offensive player there is. And then Owen Miller, who's like a second baseman that's been playing first base. He's hitting like a second baseman, which would be fine if he played second, but he plays first. And then miles straw, who is, uh, he's hitting, uh, he's hitting like a pitcher. He's hitting, he's seven yeah. for 77 with one double and no homers and three. Walk. Like, it, it, like you look at the numbers and you're like, that's what Adam Wainwright did in 2010, you know? Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's, he's about as good a defensive center fielder as there is, which is why he had as long a hook, especially when you're kind of the kind of team that's banking on your pitching. You do want to beef up your outfield, especially when you got a kind of a fly ball pitcher out there, which, uh, couple of our guys are like McKenzie for sure but at the end of the day it's like hey we can we can handle a guy with no power if you can kind of keep your on base percentage up in the 330 range with that glove but like when you're under 200 there's just no room for you so looks like we're going to be putting uh, uh Will Benson in center field who's kind of our uh, I think was our number one pick or definitely a, a highly rated rookie for a couple of years and um He's just kind of one of those Ken Griffey Jr. types, just big, strong, fast, just kind of he can do it all. So hopefully he can uh, get his bat on point. I've definitely liked his glove out in center. He's, he's no straw, but he's he's very good. And uh, he just he's like this big, intimidating left-handed hitter. So if he can get his stuff together, he can be a pretty good center fielder. But uh, So, yeah, top half of the lineup is great and then kind of trails off after that. So hopefully we'll – be able to put together some platoons or get 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 lucky with guys like Benson and maybe Owen Miller can can step it up. Yeah, uh, I mean, on the twin side of things, it it really depends on injuries at this point. Um, no surprise, Byron Buxton is on the ten day IL right now. He had mm-hmm. a, a right hip flexor. However, um, I really feel like all his IL stints this year are ones that he would have tried to play through in the past and then be out for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. He has been handled very delicately, lots of time off. 
because I mean, when he's in the game, he's electric. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. He strikes out a lot. He doesn't hit for that much average, but uh, if he gets a hold of one, it's going a long ways. And obviously his outfield defense is right there. Uh, I'm not sure he, you know, his IL will be up by that time. I don't know if he'll be back before the guardian series. Obviously I'm very much hoping he is because this is mm. a big series. He'd be the type to put in for three games, but really, you know, it, it felt very feast or famine there for a while, but the, the twins offense has really picked it up the last yeah. month or so. Um, you know, Sanchez and Urshela, who early in the season were kind of like, ah, you know, why did we pick up these guys? I know it was a salary dump, but it would have been kind of nice to get something better from the Yankees. They've really picked it up as the the season has gone on here in the last month. They're both sitting at, uh, you know, 131 and 129 weighted runs created plus. So they've picked it up. Um, Urshela especially has been somewhat clutch for us, um, which, you know, I, I don't, I don't put much bearing in clutch overall, but uh, you know, if you're, you're hitting for a 130 weighted runs created plus you're going to be clutch because you're getting hits anyways. And that they've both been able to do it with runners on base, which has been huge. Sanchez has been walking a lot. He walks 16% of the time at this point. Mm. He, he knows where the strike zone is and he, he can hit for some power, obviously, and so those two have been really good. Um, the surprise story has been Nick Gordon as of late. Uh, you know, he came into the season, you know, maybe he's going to be the, the number four. Um, he's, uh, you know, Strange Gordon's brother. Uh, so oh, I didn't uh, know he's, he's got that relation there. And, you know, he he's one of those guys that he doesn't look like he can hit one out of the park. Like you're expecting him to be like, like his brother, like a, a you know slap hitter, put it around. Um, maybe hits a home run mm-hmm. in the wake of something tragic happening, and otherwise not <laughs> much power. Um, but he's got some pop, and it's been really fun seeing him um, hit the ball out of the park. Also, steal some bases, which is something the Twins really don't do. Um, mm-hmm. But he's been willing to go on the base paths. Um, you know, he's hitting about three hundred. Oh, uh, on base percentage of 333 in the last month or so. Um, really been the twins' best hitter for which is you know surprising. And then obviously Correa has picked it up since he he started off uh, a little little weak. Jose Miranda has also been a rookie sensation. Um, he's he gets hits in key points, and then uh, Luis Arise just gets on base. That's mm-hmm. that's what he does. He he hits for singles. Um, he did start hitting for a little more power recently, which has been surprising. Um, we're pretty sure he goes up to the plate and decides what approach to take. Yep. Like he, he goes up and normally he goes up looking, looking to slap it the other way, looking for a sing, single and pitchers know that. And it's like he just decides, you know what, this at bat, I'm going to swing for power. And the pitcher doesn't know I'm going to swing for power. And so I'm going to kind of ambush him here by, by going all out for once. Um, And you can kind of see it when he walks up to the plate in that first swing, swing, he takes, you know, based on the first swing, you can tell, Oh, Oh, he wanted that one. Uh, And it's just kind of interesting. Um, Polanco, it depends. He's day to day right now. Um, But he's been solid for us for, for the most part. Um, 
We'll say the weak points in the lineup. Um, Jake Cave is terrible. Mm. Uh, he, he'll have games where he'll, he'll go three for four and then go hit list for the rest of the week. Max Kepler has just been disappointing as of late. Um, and then uh, thank you for Sandy Leon. He's been a, a great behind the plate catcher, and that's about it. I mean, yeah. he's, he's not going to hit much. Um, so uh, depending on the lineup, because Rocco likes to shuffle around, he likes platoon splits. Um, we can either have a very solid one through nine, um, or, you know, if we've got Cave Kepler and Leon in the lineup, um, things kind of drop off from there. So my guess is against the Guardians, uh, Rocco is going to be a little more aggressive and have nine, uh, eight or nine above average bats in the lineup if he can. But who knows? He's also the type of manager that likes to keep it very loose and might just treat the series like any other. So yeah. we'll, we'll see uh, how that goes. Uh, I guess kind of after going over all these players, lots of names thrown out. Um, let's stop talking specifics. A lot of boring <laughs> name dropping that a lot of people are interested in. Um, what are you watching for in this series? And then just in general, the rest of the season for the guardians. Um. So yeah, uh, uh, the twins guardian series, I feel like the teams are very evenly matched. Uh, you know, I, I'm not expecting a sweep either way. Uh, but a sweep would totally change the the look of the division. It could send one or one team or the other five or six back, or it could keep the two teams tied. So it's uh it's huge, especially that five one that five yeah. game series coming up uh, a week later. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping that uh you know like like we lucked out uh, getting our, uh, our our three good pitchers going, and hopefully they'll uh, be able to neutralize the the Twins bats, and we can win a couple of games three to two or something like that. I think that's kind of the the game plan uh, for, for the twin series. Yeah. I think the thing I'm going to be looking for is the twins. They, um, they tend to bookend games with runs. They mm-hmm. like to ambush starting pitchers right away in the first inning. If we can score some runs in the first, that's a really good sign. Um, and then we tend to ambush bullpens as well. Mm. Um, but it's, it's been really rough. Uh, it, you know, we jump out to a lead and then the, the opposing starter kind of settles in. And uh, I don't know what it is. The, the twins bats just kind of go to sleep for a while. Um, it's either they're scoring a run. It, it, it feels like every game is either score runs in the first score runs in the eighth, or you rattle the pitcher enough that you just keep scoring. Um, and then we win a blowout, which, yeah. which has happened a few times this month. Um, I don't think we're going to get that against that trio of guardians pitchers here. They all are the type of guys who can get over a rough inning beaver, especially Mm -hmm. Um, I could see us, you know, someone hitting a three run Homer in the first and then beaver shutting us out uh, until he hands it off to the bullpen in the eighth. That's uh, that's what I, I kind of expect from the sort of game there. So that's, that's kind of what I'm watching for. How many runs can we score early and can we crack the bullpen at the end? Because I don't think innings two through five are going to be very productive for our hitters. And if we can keep that up. And then obviously, is Buxton going to be back? If Buxton's mm-hmm. back, um, I'm feeling a lot better going into the series. Just, just to see how that goes. And uh, those are the things I'm watching for for these series in particular. Um, as far as the rest of the season goes, 
how do you kind of see this division shaking out? And then also, you know, both teams are behind the third wild card right now. Mm-hmm. D- does that stick the rest of the year? Or is there a chance we can both maybe sneak in if uh, things go right? I, I wouldn't be surprised if both teams sneaked in. I think it's pretty likely one will win the division. I think the White Sox are probably out of it. But, hey, they've been underplaying all year. Uh, Tony LaRusso is out. Maybe yeah. who's, who's their new guy, Miguel Cairo. Like, maybe he can light a fire under their butts and, and get him going. So, we'll see. Um, looking at the Guardians' uh, remaining schedule, uh, aside from the Twins and uh, one more White Sox series and then the Rays, pretty – um pretty non-scary opponents uh and we, we we wrap it up with six straight games against the royals at home so I, it kind of feels like even if we're like three games back at the end like i'm not saying it's a guaranteed six game sweep but like it feels like we should win five of those six games so it's kind of nice knowing that that like six game is there it's like just kind of a nice little security blanket but who knows you, you know that like Crappy teams with nothing to lose often will, you know, somehow destroy you anyway. And anything can happen. But uh, yeah, that's, that's just kind of been looming at the end of the year, whatever the opposite of looming is, you know, the good (laughs) version of looming. Uh, So yeah, I I feel pretty good about the guardians chances to finish up strong, mostly due to weak opponents. Uh, We've kind of been scuffling against the Mariners and Orioles lately, although we, we swept the Padres and we've been playing well against the, uh, Blue Jays and the White Sox lately, so who knows? It kind of depends on, you know, if we can get uh, Savali back for the end of the year and if uh, our bullpen games or Curry or one of those guys can step it up and be a good fifth starter, then I'm not I'm not too worried. Um, but we'll see. There's uh, eight games left uh, against the Twins, and that could totally change things depending on how it goes. So right. hard to and, tell. And for the Twins, I mean, we – it. It really comes down to how are the White Sox going to play without Larusa? Last mm-hmm. night, um, Friday night, we lost four to three. Tight game throughout. I think our bats could have scored more runs. Um, I think that that's really what it's going to come down to because the Twins, uh, in addition to eight more games against the Guardians, we've got eight more games against the White Sox. Oh, now, by the time wow. this releases, it'll only be six games. Um, but we, I mean, we we've got the Yankees coming up. And then we've got those eight versus the Guardians with three against the Royals uh, sandwiched in between. And then we finish the year Royals, Angels, White Sox, Tigers, White Sox. So um, on paper, that's a lot of very winnable games. Mm-hmm. But really, it comes down to do the White Sox recover without Larusa? Does Does that light a fire under them? Or um, do they give up and keep playing like a 500 team? and uh drop back down so we'll see how that goes um i mean as far as the wild card goes i know the blue jays and orioles have a lot of games left i know the rays and jays have a number of games left against each other really i i feel like the al east could beat each other up enough that you know second place in the central might actually have a chance here at sneaking in um i the Mariners, I feel like they they should be feeling the most confident down the stretch. Yeah, they're far up. They they've got they've got that lead, and I don't think they've got many games against other contenders um, coming up. I I should really look at their schedule before I make a sweeping statement like that. Yeah. But I know they're done playing the Astros. Uh, they've 
they feel like they're they're playing very loose. They they've got a, a team. Um, obviously, you've been watching them as of late, just because mm. they've been playing the Guardians. Yeah. Um, I. Yeah, Guardi- uh, Mariners looking at the rest of their schedule looks looks pretty light. Uh, they're playing uh, the uh, I think think they're yeah they're done playing the Astros, so they're just playing you know the A's, Angels, and Rangers, and then tigers uh royals uh yeah but mostly uh mostly bad teams yeah so, so they, they'll, they'll win a lot of games they should be set um so we'll we'll see how that goes uh yeah so i mean we'll see how it plays out i i feel like you know like like we said we both finish with some lighter schedules um september 19th is the last day after that five game series I feel like the last couple weeks of the season, we might have a very clear picture of what the division is based on how the twins do in this Yankees stretch and then playing the guardians um, because we both have very winnable games to finish the, the year. Um, yeah. But that said um, it's the AL comedy central. Mm-hmm. It's not like teams have, blown five game leads down the stretch against very winnable games um so so we'll see how it finishes out before uh we let you go here Deej, is there anything else uh that you have on the al playoff race or the the playoff races in general that you think would be important to bring up right now no i uh i just uh most of the season we thought it was just like uh at you know, like the ALCS was going to be the Yankees Astros, right? But the Yankees have been playing poorly lately. And I kind of feel like, uh, I think the Astros are still kind of the team to beat, but like, uh, with there just being one team to beat now, I think, uh, I almost feel like anyone has a shot. Yeah. I, I feel like the Yankees skid has really opened it wide open. Um, you talk with Phil and he'll, he'll say Astros fans, he he's usually pretty realistic about it. He'll say, yeah, a lot of Astros fans have been complaining about how we've been playing, but we've got the one seed. We're, we're yeah. still a very, very good team. And they, they are, they're a very good, scary team, but yeah, with the Yankees faltering, it, it really feels like it's, it's kind of wide open. Um, the, the AL is less of a foregone conclusion that uh, we're going to see everyone's two favorite AL teams playing each other in the ALCS. Uh, mm. we'll, we'll see. I know um, regardless of what happens that uh, the four teams in the wild card round, um, the majority of baseball fans are going to be saying, Oh, why do two of these teams have to knock each other out mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. this early in the playoffs? So we'll, we'll uh, yeah. see how that goes. It's a very exciting uh, wild card race in the AL for sure. I think, uh, Uh, mission accomplished as far as making it it interesting i would say right right exactly so well hey deej thanks for sitting down and talking guardians twins with us here and uh just kind of the al wild card race in general for you listening at home if you want to stick around we'll be right back after this (laughs) 
folks. That'll do it for this week's episode of Our Baseball Weekly. Thanks so much for joining us. Next week, like I said, we're almost certainly going to be talking about the upcoming playoff picture uh, as we get a little bit deeper into September and closer to October. So uh, check out that as we get to it. Our Baseball Weekly is executive produced by Lewis, and our production administrator is Christine. My name is Naim. I edited this week's episode, and I also hosted it along with Phil. Lewis hosted our segment with Deej, who I don't know if I should call him an interview or just like a, a, a co-host that has not been around for a while. So Lewis and Deej, I'll say, hosted that segment. Uh, and, the friendly and, fireside chat. Yeah, exactly. Welcome back to the show, Deej. I, I truly, truly missed you. <laughs> um, uh, our theme music was composed by Chuck Lease. Our Baseball Weekly releases every Monday morning at 1 a.m. Eastern time or potentially a little bit later if I am busy at 1 a.m. Eastern time or like last week where I forgot and was going to bed at like 4 a.m. Eastern time and was like, oh my God, I didn't release the podcast. Let me release the podcast right now. Um... Before the rooster crows, though, almost certainly before the rooster crows. So that'll do it. We'll see you next week.